This is Franchise Today, brought to you by FRM Solutions, providers of the best-in-class software solutions for franchise relationship management. Franchise Today is your destination for weekly information, conversations, and interviews with accomplished industry leaders, all of whom share best practices for sustainable growth and sensible franchising. Here now, your host, Stan Friedman, to kick off this week's podcast. Today is Wednesday, January 31st, 2024. I'm Stan Friedman, and this is Franchise Today. Well, this week we take a stroll over to the supplier side of the business as I converse with the very eloquent Heather Anderson, Vice President of Marketing at Ularity, trailblazers in the deployment of artificial intelligence for local store marketing and at scale. But none of that happens before I first thank Dave Mortensen for his pearls of wisdom last week and his generosity for sharing so much with us right here on Franchise Today. It's not every day that a franchisor with thousands, count them, thousands of locations across multiple brands in 41 countries and on all seven continents serves up his personal cell number when I ask for contact info to share with the audience. Dave Mortensen walks his talk and is truly exceptional in so many ways. I'm just thankful that he was able to spend some time with us last week. Also, just ahead of this week's conversation with Ularity's Heather Anderson, another quick reminder to pay us a visit at www.franchisetodaypodcast.com, where you can share comments, serve up guest suggestions, access my blog, and yes, please click on the Reviews tab and let the world know how we're doing. It'll be much appreciated. Okay, with all of that said, a quick timeout, and when I return in two minutes or less, I'll be joined by Ularity's Heather Anderson. Don't go away. Franchise Today will be right back, but first, a word from our sponsors. Franchisors of restaurants, bars, and grills, and multi-unit franchisees, listen up. This message is for you. If you're looking to engage guests, elevate profits, and enhance your customer experience, Atmosphere TV is the answer. What's Atmosphere, you ask? Atmosphere is the world's number one streaming TV service for businesses, here to help you make more and save big on overpriced cable packages. Atmosphere provides you with a free programming option, bringing more than 60 ultra-engaging audio-optional channels designed to please customers and increase their average ticket. So, how does it work? Well, it's easy. Upon sign-on, Atmosphere sends you a free device, loaded with over 60 channels of eye-grabbing entertainment. From news and sports to viral videos and fuzzy animals, every channel is family-friendly and designed to keep your customers happy and engaged. Plus, thanks to Atmosphere's 100% audio-optional format, the programming is perfect for any setting, no matter how loud or busy. So, stop playing and paying overpriced cable. Go with free TV instead. Just go to atmosphere.tv forward slash sign up and use the code FRANCHISE, and Atmosphere will waive the usual one-time $99 activation fee for your free-to-stream device. Visit Atmosphere online at atmosphere.tv, and remember, use the code FRANCHISE to waive your one-time activation fee. Visit atmosphere.tv to elevate your franchise's entertainment experience today. With 15-plus years of experience in marketing strategy, execution, and innovation, Heather Anderson spent the bulk of her career driving growth and brand recognition 
at the Little Gym, a fabulous children's enrichment franchise with more than 400 locations in some 30-plus countries. Now, as the marketing lead for Ularity, a top AI-powered SaaS company, Heather partners with franchisors to optimize their marketing strategies and bolster franchisee support. With a voracious appetite for knowledge, Heather loves to teach and learn and is deeply committed to the betterment of franchising as co-chair and founding member of the IFA's Arizona chapter of the Women's Franchise Network. Heather Anderson, welcome to Franchise Today. Thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here. Well, I'm so humbled that you're so honored, but thank you for sharing that with me anyway. Heather, we've got an awful lot of ground that we want to cover here today, but first, we've got to do what we always do, and that's start with a look over the shoulder at what it was you were doing and when it was that franchising first found you. What did that look like, Heather? Yeah, so my first job out of school was actually at a digital marketing agency, so funny, I've somewhat come full circle at this stage, but I was focused on business development. And I think when you're young and you're fresh out of school, a lot of the day-to-day learning is both what you're good at, but also what items you want to cross off the list. So I, I think at that time, I quickly learned that I did not have a penchant for cold calling. I did not have that innate sales hustle, but I learned through that process that what I did love was marketing and more specifically brand marketing. I really fell in love with the process of researching different businesses and seeing how they brought their messaging to life in local communities and how they connected with their customers. And a part of my role at that stage was researching prospective clients in the area. And one of the brands in particular that I fell in love with was the Little Gym. And I learned that they were hiring. And so I made that transition at the time, really knowing nothing about franchising. It was really kind of my first grown-up job after the first one out of school. And from there, I spent the past decade and a half really growing up within that company. I started out as marketing coordinator and then ultimately spent the last few of the years there as vice president of marketing and operations, really responsible for driving revenue growth. And so I, I moved into that role just at the start of the pandemic, which ended up working out so well, which nobody's says about the pandemic, because this is a time where it was critical that marketing and ops were in lockstep, where messaging mattered, where we needed to be especially thoughtful about how we were navigating and responding to the daily changing laws and guidelines on a market-by-market basis. So it, it was kind of through there that I became familiar with Ularity, and I can, can chat a little bit more about that as well. Yeah, we're going to talk a great deal more about Ularity today. But first, I'm curious and want to pick your brain a little, if you'll allow me to do that. Pre-COVID, you had some some 14 years experience in brand marketing. And I'm reminded of something that I heard said by Jason Pfeiffer, editor-in-chief at Entrepreneur Magazine, when he visited us here a few weeks ago. Jason said, there is no way anyone can run their business tomorrow the same way as they ran it yesterday. And in my mind, no place is there any place where that statement would be more true than marketing, correct? So correct. And, and I think it's so true in marketing and it's, I think, magnified in the franchising landscape where you're trying to do what you need to do from a daily perspective. You're trying to grow revenue, keep everything moving forward while being knowledgeable about what's the latest and greatest. How do I assess that? 
And I think that is compounded in franchising where then you have 100, 200, 300 plus franchisees that are also contacting you on a regular basis, wanting to know what should we be doing? I just learned about this yesterday. And so there's this kind of pressure cooker feeling of I need to know everything at all times and be able to have that response to my franchisees as they're trying to be everything at all times. So I think that was something I learned over the years was you don't have to know it all. You have to be able to be thoughtful and figure out what to sift through and how to navigate it and how to also keep your franchisees focused on the goal for them. I think they wear so many hats and they try to do a little bit of everything and marketing is of all the aspects that a business owner can dabble in, probably the most fun. And that's the area where they, a lot of them like to lean into. So we, we spend a lot of time educating on the difference between a creative decision and a business decision and a lot of time trying to slow their roll on the latest and greatest that just came out yesterday may not be the latest and greatest for us as a business or as a brand. So let's stay focused on what we know that works, building relationships, providing a great customer experience, and we'll do the research at the corporate office to figure out where do we need to be testing and trying new things that maybe we'll want to roll out system-wide. And also in the post-COVID world, while I think it was already happening pre-COVID, can we talk a little about the fuzzing of the lines in a great many companies that used to have a CMO and a CTO, but in a great many places these days, you'll find a CMT. That's becoming far more commonplace, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And and I think over the last decade plus, I think that those departments were already working really closely together from a digital marketing aspect. But as that continues to become a greater and greater piece of the pie, it makes it so critical that marketing and IT really are working in lockstep together. And it does kind of blur the lines in terms of who's leading strategy, who's leading privacy. I think that's such a critical part of both departments now is the control of data, which is just a gold mine for marketers, making sure that you're utilizing it, but you're utilizing it responsibly and that you're taking advantage of all of the, the resources that are available to you. When you talk about brand marketing, that's one of my favorite topics of discussion because I'm a big stickler about what a brand represents and how franchisees are supposed to be stewards of the brand to help protect the brand. And I used to consider a brand a promise, but I think I've kind of modified that to a degree in terms of it not just being a promise, but it's more about a promise of what the brand is going to deliver and then actually delivers. And are those two things in lockstep? Yes, I I love that. I think one of the aspects that I love about brand marketing is it, it really ties so closely to what is the vision for the company? How do you rally all of these people around this idea of how we're going to impact a community with our product, our service, whatever it is? And it has has to be something that for the brands that I think are really successful, it's the ones that people become fanatical about and where you create ambassadors in your community because people just love your product so much. It's just, it's in your bones, it's in your DNA. And I think that's a message that 
permeates through any kind of trying time. So that's what gets me excited. And that's really where I kind of grew up. My dad was a creative director and worked at the big ad agencies growing up. So I, I grew up kind of surrounded by storyboards and watching different iterations of commercials and listening to his jingles. So it's something that I think words matter and they have power to stir the blood. And that, that's something that's always really inspired me. An example I often use is if you put a Neiman Marcus sign above the threshold of a Walmart, how many steps over that threshold would you need to take before you realized you're not where you were thinking you were going? (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I I hadn't heard that one before. And I believe that's exactly what franchisors must convey to their franchisees. The importance of the brand and the power of the brand all lie in the consistency of the experience that the brand delivers to its consumers. And that's where brand equity really comes from. It's part and parcel of what a franchisee buys a franchise for in the first place, isn't it? Yeah, that that reminds me of one of the exercises that we went through when I was at the little gym was creating our own mantra that initially was meant to be internally focused. It wasn't meant to be consumer-facing marketing language but it was meant to unite everybody around what our purpose is and how we want to act and how we want the customer to feel. And it was inspired by the Ritz-Carlton who I believe their mantra was something to the effect of ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen. I love and I was it. Like, does, doesn't that just tell you everything that, that there is around what you're going to experience and what that feeling is and, and set your expectations? And I think it sets the expectations of what the team members, how they should be behaving and acting as well. And so I, I love that thought process around really tying and creating that unified experience that really permeates every aspect of the business. I think it's all about empowerment coming from taking ownership of situations. You know, I'm reminded as you talk about the Ritz-Carlton, I had the good fortune many years ago to be a student when Dr. Stephen Covey himself was still teaching the seven habits of highly effective people. And he only held his programs at Ritz-Carlton hotels. And he talked about Ritz-Carlton in excellence. And one of the things that they did was empower every single employee to a certain dollar value to own any issue or problem that arises in front of their eyes. If you were cleaning a room and you saw a guest coming down the hall with a problem or unhappy about something, you had the ability to take ownership of the issue, not go look for a manager, but fix the problem on the spot and not have to do anything more than take ownership to do it. When you breathe that kind of empowerment into your culture, it just can't help but make the environment a better one and help to take down the temperature perhaps on some of those issues that don't need to get so hot sometimes in the management of our businesses. Yeah, absolutely. It sets the tone for what what is the culture and what is the experience going to look like. And I think those are instances where where culture can be a lot of fluff in some instances. But I think for those businesses that are able to create practical behavioral norms around what it means to bring that culture to life day to day, those are the ones that are going to win with customers in the end. Well said. Why don't we park here, take a quick break. And on the other side of that break, let's come back and talk about the current day and the way forward. And we're going to get into some discussion about some uncharted waters too in the interface with Ularity's artificial intelligence. We're talking today with Heather Anderson, Vice President of Marketing at Ularity, and we'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Franchise Today will be right back, but first, a word from our sponsors. 
In today's world, franchisors must apply systems that manage and support all aspects of franchise relationships, whether it's supporting prospective franchisees on their discovery journeys or getting units open and properly supported, whether it's managing legal compliance and royalties or managing franchisee location and ownership information. I'm talking about FRM solutions and the power of one, one system, one tool that manages it all for multiple stakeholders across a single brand or across an entire enterprise for multi-branded portfolio companies. Yes, a single instance of FRM is all it takes across departments and across brands. One system providing a single source of truth that will push and integrate with data from other sources plus FRM offers dynamic and comprehensive dashboarding and robust reporting with customizations available across all departments and brands so replace inflexible take-it-or-leave-it platforms with a more personal approach and satisfy the needs of many with the power of one FRM solutions the only one that lets you have it your way visit frmsolutions.com to learn more or to order up a demo today. And my conversation with Heather Anderson, VP of Marketing at Ularity, continues. So, Heather, what exactly is your role as VP of Marketing at Ularity, and what prompted you to take a leap to the supplier side after a lifetime as a franchisor? Yeah, I think moving into 2022, so post-pandemic, there, there was a lot in flux at the company. And I took a step back at that point and recognized that, uh, as you mentioned, I've essentially spent my entire career at this one company. And in a lot of respects, that was so wonderful, I think. To say that a company like that has had a profound impact on both my professional and personal life would be such an understatement. You know, I'm so proud of everything we built and accomplished, but I, I really grew up through that environment and it taught me how to be a better teammate, a better leader, a better parent. But I also recognized at that stage that I only knew this one way of doing business. And I felt like I was at a point in my career where I I wanted to learn more. And it was also around that time that I became acquainted and familiar with Ularity. I had signed with them just before the pandemic, which really ended up being such a blessing with all of our locations shut down for months early on. Our franchisees were struggling financially, which meant they didn't have the funds to be able to get the message out there once they started offering virtual programming, once we had other revenue drivers when they could gather in person again. And so the Ularity platform, I'll talk a little bit more about this, but it's very efficient from a marketing investment standpoint. And it gave our owners such a cost-effective way to spread the word. So it was through that process that I got to know the team. I got to know the technology. I, I was so impressed with both. And I thought, wouldn't it be interesting to move to the supplier side of the business where I could both learn from other franchisors, but also get to help other franchisors enhance their marketing and just have this very different perspective and lens on the industry. So I'm excited today to be in this position where I can pass on the knowledge I've gained, but it's also a very unique vantage to learn more just about how other franchise organizations operate compared to what I had known my whole life. It's interesting as I think back and the reaction that my friends had toward me when I made the decision to become a supplier. They all accused me of moving to the dark side. <laughs> 
But to the point you've just made, it was a refreshing breath of fresh air to now be able to talk with dozens of franchisors a week and view the business model from on high and across brands horizontally as opposed to just vertically inside a single brand in an insular fashion. It is. It's, I like the dark side comment. That's funny. I, I think when you're in a franchise business, it's almost like being on a cruise ship. Everybody knows where you're going, what ports you're stopping at. Everybody has the plan and you need to make really smart, slow, calculated decisions to turn the ship so that people don't get nauseous, the silverware doesn't fall off the table, and you can move in the right direction, but do it really thoughtfully. And I think when you're on the supplier side, it's like being in a speedboat. It's like things are changing by the day. You need to adapt with the way that the current is moving. And I certainly had a little bit of whiplash at the beginning, but I think I've got my sea legs by now. And it is, it's such a different pace of life to be much more adaptive and reactive to your partners and what their needs are versus these long year plus, two plus, three plus year plans to get to the next stage. I love your analogy. I think it was great. <laughs> so let's talk about Ularity and this platform. What is its secret sauce and what exactly does it do that enables franchisors to benefit such that they can afford something this magical? Yeah, so so Ularity is an all-in-one digital marketing platform and it's powered by AI and advanced marketing automation. And it allows businesses to place their digital ads, their paid ads, manage their organic presence, manage their reputation across all of the top digital channels. So Google, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube display ads, but they can do it localized and they can do it at scale. So the tech is powering your creative execution, your media buying, your optimization, your measurement, and it's bringing the brand complete transparency, complete uniformity. And I think Ularity was built specifically to address the problems that are associated with the much more traditional methods of executing digital marketing that often create a lot of inefficiencies, having multiple tools, multiple channels, leading to a lot of lost time, a lot of diluted strategies. And so it allows marketers to do everything they need to without having to compromise cost, without having to really choose between quality, speed, and scale and be able to do what they need to do, but focus on the aspects of the, the big picture strategy aspects of the business that, that probably drive them. So what does it do to the headcount? Does it replace people? doesn't replace people. I, I think it allows people to move that much faster. So at, at the little gym, for instance, we had one of my team members that was managing the execution of it day to day. I think for us, that was something that we traditionally would have outsourced to an agency. And whenever we had a new campaign, we would have sent them all the creative. We would have worked with them on what are the keywords? What's the ad copy look like? And then how do we scale this? What's the timing of it? And, and that's a very cumbersome some process. I had done that for years and years of, through much more traditional methods. Being able to run everything through Ularity meant that we were suddenly so much more nimble. Can we do things with such speed that we were never able to do previously? And so if you do need to respond to changes in the market, if something isn't working and you need to adjust quickly, or if you're just taking a little bit longer to come up with your creative and you've got to get it out very fast, it just, it'll 
allowed you to get to market that much faster and that much quicker. And I think for us, it allowed our team to focus on strategy versus the day-to-day operational tasks that become really tedious. And that's where the cost comes in, whether it's internal or whether you're managing it through a third-party agency. The cost of having somebody go from media channel to media channel to set everything up individually, to do it across all those locations, to input all of the zip codes, that's expensive time. And so to be able to do that much more efficiently and rapidly, we could focus then on the high return items that were going to drive revenue so much quicker. Who, Heather, in this audience cannot benefit from Ularity? Are there any brands that are just too small to benefit from a program and a platform like this? It's a good question. I think it's very affordable. I think we we typically find our sweet spot is at least 15 locations. For So I think for the smaller emerging brands, there's benefit in being able to have at least a level of a number of locations because as we talked about a little bit earlier, one of the things that, that I'll dig into is the AI that's powering it. And so I think what makes our AI and our machine learning exciting is the efficiency and the opportunity to maximize media spend. So the AI is constantly looking at what media channels are performing the best down to the individual ad units. And it's putting more money against those ads that are performing well. And this is that very manual task to try to do on your own, especially in in an entire franchise system. So to be able to rely on Ularity to do it, that's what keeps the cost so low. And, And for those that maybe tightening their belts in 2024 becomes a really attractive option. But I think what also powers the AI is having all that data to rely on. And so that's where having at least a minimum of 15 helps the system be able to operate that much better. We have brands that we work with that have hundreds upon hundreds of locations. So really from there, the sky is the limit. So break out the old crystal ball, Heather. Are you able to look ahead one, three, and five years and see where you believe things are moving? Or are changes coming just so rapidly now and pivots and adjustments need to be made more intermittently? Can you even get that far out in your forecasting any longer? Ooh, what a tough question. I I think... Yes and no. I think you can make some predictions and projections just based on the way things are changing and what consumers respond well to. But five years might be too far, I think. Even a year ago, it it was a year ago this time where AI really even began to pick up steam. And it's funny because AI is something that's been a part of Ularity's DNA since its inception, but we really had not leaned into it from a messaging standpoint because I think it was hard at this time, two years ago even, for franchisors to wrap their heads around how to apply it. So it was really exciting last year to see all of the interest and all of the enthusiasm. And of course, our AI functions so differently than what people have been leaning into with ChatGPT and MidJourney and all these generative AIs that make it easier for them to generate text or image or video. I think looking to the future, my hope is that more and more companies will start leaning into these types of tools to do what they need to do from a marketing perspective, but be able to operate so much more rapidly 
rapidly and so much more efficiently. I, at the little gym, I had a really robust team. We had lots of agency partners that we relied on as extensions of our team. And at Ularity, we're much smaller, much more nimble team. I'm much more hands-on than I was in my former life. But I've also found that I'm able to utilize all these tools now as an extension of myself. And it allows me to operate at a speed of which I wouldn't have been able to do a decade ago. And so I think for those marketers that are already capitalizing on that, it's only going to allow people to get more sophisticated in if they're being thoughtful about what they're putting into it, more sophisticated in what they're churning out to run that much faster and to be that much more responsive to consumer demands, which are also changing rapidly. It used to be a much just slower pace of life in terms of this need for instant gratification. And, and I think there's all these expectations now on brands because of Amazon and Netflix and these businesses that have created this almost like Veruca Salt type experience where consumers are suddenly, I want it now. And everybody needs to respond to that now. So I, I think things will only continue to get more rapid, but hopefully also with all of the data and all of the access that, that everybody has to what's performing well, those campaigns and those efforts will just resonate that much better. And then too, I have to ask the question about the current trend of roll-ups. Portfolio companies, private equity companies, all continuing to just cluster brands together. And that has to make a big difference in marketing and the direction of marketing too, doesn't it? It does. It does. And it's so interesting to watch. I think the franchising industry as a whole is it's such a cyclical business with these family run businesses and brands that grow to a certain size and then they get gobbled up by these umbrella brands and then new ones start forming. So it's been a really fun and interesting time. And I love the concept of being able to create that level of consolidation to make it a much more efficient experience, both for the franchisees and for the consumers at the end of the day. I think as a marketer to have that kind of access to data if you're in a situation where your brands are complementary and now suddenly you have this gold mine where you can cross promote the different brands you can pull from them and really understand what's happening on the local market level which is so much more meaningful than trying to look at things nationally so for those brands that are moving that direction just so much benefit coming down the pike how heather do you counsel those that find themselves in the Space of being involved in a roll-up or a consolidation or marriage of multiple brands that were very, very recently founder-driven that now find themselves gobbled up by some of these portfolios. In terms of protecting the culture and protecting the original vision and values of the founder, who until recently was at the helm of the brand and may now be gone completely. Yeah, I think you really hit the nail on the head. There's going to be a new level of culture that emerges, but I think having a maintenance and an understanding and a respect for the legacy culture of where that's come from and what people have bought into over the years I think there's always going to be opportunities for improvement, but and opportunities to really understand from the franchisee's perspective where there's room for growth. But I think for those brands that are moving in that direction, I think listening is the first standpoint. And, I, and listening is the first standpoint, I think, for really a lot of almost any aspects of business. It's understanding where people's hearts are at and what is needed. And so I think being able to take a step back and understand what they bought into, what they 
loved about the business, what they're hoping might change, and recognizing that each of them is going to have their own unique culture. So how do you take all these businesses now that have their own way of operating and create a platform that can help them blend that into something that's unified, but still honoring the past? It's, it's certainly something that I think is not easy to do, but there's been a lot of examples, I think, in the franchising space of brands that are doing it really beautifully. I think it takes deliberation and intentionality. You can't just leave that to chance and hope it will happen. I also want to leave some time, Heather, to talk about your role in IFA. I believe you're the co-founder of the Phoenix chapter of the Women's Franchise Network. I'm sure you know that I've been drinking IFA Kool-Aid by the case for some 25 years now. And let's spend a moment or two talking about that. I am. Yes, thank you. So once I stepped away from the little gym, I realized I was craving connection. I went from this everyday in-office environment to being completely remote. And yes, I I love the benefits and the perks of working from home, but I'm probably one of the very few weird millennials that really wanted to remain in office, even pre-pandemic. I just think this fire that happens when you're all together, the ideas and the conversations that you have in the hallway or before a meeting starts. I just love that firing on all cylinders type of feeling. So I also want an excuse to see all my former coworkers who have really become some of my best friends. And I kept seeing all these posts on LinkedIn about the Women's Franchise Network. And I realized there wasn't a chapter in Arizona. So I reached out. They said that they actually had somebody else that had also expressed interest. Would we like to start it together? So in July of 2022, I became co-chair and then founding member of the Arizona chapter of the Women's Franchise Network. And our group has really quickly grown to become this amazing collaborative community of women that I probably would have never met otherwise, even though we're all local to Phoenix. I'm not sure our paths would have crossed and I would have gotten to know them to the degree that I now have. And I'm so grateful to have them in my life. And I'm so excited to continue building this. So I think really following that experience, I was also really excited to be accepted into the National Women's Franchise Committee, which I just started a couple months ago, where now I get to give back on a much larger level. And I'm also continuing to grow with this really fun group of women that I respect and admire. I think one thing I recognized in hindsight was I was so heads down when I was focused on my brand, I never looked up to see what other opportunities are around me. So when you talk about really drinking the IFA Kool-Aid, I hadn't as much as I wish in hindsight that I had. And so I think I'm trying to make up for a lot of lost time now. And let's be fair to your co-chair and give her a shout out as well. Yes, she is amazing. Her name is Carol Schilln and she runs the Orion Investment real estate firm that is local and she's fantastic. So if you have any investment real estate needs, she is your gal. Well, how about some contact info for those whose appetites you've wet that will probably want to be able to learn more? Yeah, I would love to connect. So you can reach out to me via email, heather.anderson, S-O-N, at ularity.com. You could find me on LinkedIn. I will be at the IFA. It's local this year for me. So excited to welcome everybody to the city. And for the benefit of those who don't know that ularity starts with the letter E, why don't you spell that email address out? for the audience. It is E-U-L-E-R-I-T-Y 
And can I tell you a little bit about what the name means? Eulerity actually pays homage to Leonard Euler, who was one of the most eminent mathematicians in history. He was called the Mozart of mathematics, and he introduced a lot of the terminology that we use today. And so I think inspired by his work, our technology really is meant to simplify the complex through an elegant and easy to use solution. Well, there you go. If you haven't learned enough already, a little history and a bit of education. I love it. I just love it when nuggets like that land here. Absolutely. Well, this has been an amazing half hour, and it's really been fun, and it blew by so quickly, Heather, that we should probably have you back sometime down the road. Because it was a great conversation, you have so much to share, and I thank you for bringing all of it to us here on Franchise Today. Well, thank you. This was probably the fastest half hour of my life, but in the best ways, and thank you. It was a great experience. Thank you again, Heather Anderson. Vice President of Marketing at Eulerity. Well, that does it for today. Next week, we'll keep the marketing theme rolling when we speak with Doug Wilmarth, a retired Navy helicopter pilot, mission commander, and Persian Gulf veteran who, in the private sector, went on to become a brand marketing leader and culinary innovator. Doug's rich history includes stints with the likes of Kraft Foods as brand manager for Oscar Mayer, Chili's, Frito-Lay, then on to become national brand and marketing manager for Pizza Hut at Yum!, chief marketing officer at Wingstop and more. Today, Doug is president of Muya Burgers, Fries, and Shakes, and he'll be here to tell us all about it. So until next Wednesday at noon Eastern, I'm Stan Friedman wishing you the best, the very best of all things franchising, and Franchise Today is out. Franchise Today is a production of FRM Solutions, providing best-in-class CRM tools to empower relationships with prospective and existing franchisees. No excuses, just solutions. Find them online at frmsolutions.com. Join Stan every Wednesday at noon Eastern for another live episode of Franchise Today. Or, as always, download episodes on demand at blogtalkradio.com or iTunes.